Well, good morning to you and a Merry Christmas. If you are here for the first time, if you're visiting, just dropping by, or if this is your home church, I am so glad that you are here and that we get to spend some time together this morning. My name is Dave and I'm one of the pastors here at the church. Uh, I grew up in a time when there was no Minecraft, there was no Fortnite, there was no TikTok. Uh, some of you are thinking, how can this be? And some of you are thinking, what is he talking about? Um, but when I was in grade six, we did have viral trends, so to speak. When I was in grade six, the viral trend of that year was yo-yos. Um, and so when Christmas came that year, I had my hopes set on this one particular yo-yo. It was called the Omega Brain. This was no ordinary yo-yo. Uh, it was the one yo-yo to rule them all. It was the yo-yo that was going to change my social destiny. It would make me the envy of all my friends, uh, and it would propel me into a level of yo-yo mastery that I could only dream of. And so Christmas came around, and uh, that Christmas morning, my 12-year-old heart began to beat fast as I ran to the Christmas tree and opened one present, opened another. But as I continued to open the presents, my 12-year-old heart began to sink lower and lower. For that year, there was no Omega brain under the tree for me. Yes. <laughs> As silly as it sounds now, my Christmas joy that year was evaporated in that very moment. Now, Christmas is a time of incredible joy. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Maybe that's your experience. I mean, you get some time off from work, you get time with family and friends, there's good food, there's exchanging of gifts, and every year Mariah Carey's Christmas album comes out again to grace our ears. There are so many things to be joyful about Christmas. <laughs> Thanks, Pastor Sam. Sneaking in like Santa Claus. <laughs> That's so you can see the number. <laughs> But there are so many things to make Christmas joyful, exciting, and wonderful. But for all of the joy of the season, maybe your Christmas is also a bit laced with some difficult feelings. Maybe there's pain, maybe there's sorrow, maybe there's loneliness, maybe there's stress and anxiety as you have to get all the preparations together and there's maybe some extra financial pressure. You know, the joy of Christmas can be easily lost, can be easily overshadowed, easily obscured. But we are all looking for joy. We're all looking for lasting joy. The heart of Christmas is this incredible news, this incredible news that God comes in flesh and is born as the person Jesus Christ, 100% man, 100% God. And in his birth, he brings hope, peace, joy, and he comes as the saviour of the world. It's this ultimate heaven meets earth moment. Great joy is what the angels proclaim when the birth of Jesus is announced. And 
just for your own little trivia. Great joy is not mentioned much in the Bible. Joy is mentioned a lot, but great joy is reserved for the most joyful of times. And so great joy is what happens at Christmas. And that joy, that same joy that the angels announced is for us today. And we're going to explore we're going to explore three things this morning, three things that Christmas shows us, three things that can anchor us in this endless joy of Christmas. Um, I'm going to pause now and let, let's pray. Let's ask God for help as we continue on. Father, I thank you so much for this day uh, that we get to celebrate Christmas, our Christmas carol service. I thank you so much that we think back to a historical event where you came for us. I pray, God, this morning that you would help us to see something of your glory in your Son, Jesus Christ. Open our eyes, open our hearts, and let us be met with your joy this morning. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, the first thing Christmas shows us is Christmas shows us that the darkness will not win. One of the games that the youth love to play right here in this auditorium is called Sardines. Uh, it's basically a huge game of hide and seek. Um, one person hides, and then when you find that person, everyone else searches for that person. When you find that person, you join them, and you hide with them like a can of sardines. And eventually, there's only one person left, wandering around looking for everybody else. Sounds pretty simple, but the catch is, it's all in the dark. Lights off, pitch black. And so we've spent hours wandering around this auditorium, feeling disoriented, feeling a bit lost, feeling confused, wondering where this hiding person is. Uh, we, we become convinced, hey, they've just gone. They've left, actually. They've snuck out, and we're all just wandering here in the dark. At some point in the game, there's always a moment where someone says, can we just turn the lights on? <laughs> because if there's light, we can actually see. At Christmas time, God turns the lights on. Look at the verse that we read, verse 5. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Light and dark can mean many things, but in this passage, the focus is this. Jesus is the light who shows us who God is. And Jesus can do this in a way that no one else can because he is God. If you've ever wondered uh, what God is like, what God thinks about the world, what God thinks about you, wonder no more. Look at Jesus. Look at his life. Look at the things that he lived for. Look at the things he did. Look at the people he hung around with. Look at his compassion and his openness towards humanity. If you want to know God, look at Jesus, because Jesus is the light that shines into the world and shows us who God is. And I, I want you to notice, I want you to notice what kind of world Jesus comes into. Looking at verse 9 to 11, it says this, the true light which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. 
He came to his own and his own people did not receive him. What that's telling us is that Jesus comes to a people, a place that doesn't want him, doesn't know him, doesn't receive him, doesn't welcome him in. And yet, Jesus comes anyway, so that everyone might see and know who God is. Now, this is a reason for joy. It's a reason for joy because it shows us that no matter how much it seems like God is, isn't in the world or isn't in your life, no matter how much you might feel like you're left out in the dark, abandoned by God, Christmas reminds us that God chose to send His Son Jesus to light up a dark world. The light has shone and the darkness will not win. I mean, many people might feel or think that we are living in a dark world today. And if you turn on the news, it's not hard to get that kind of a feeling. You know, there's wars, there's injustice, there's impression, there's, there's inequality. And, and for those people who are people of faith, it feels like increasingly faith and belief in God is being pushed out into the margins. But this is exactly the kind of world that Jesus comes into. And so it shouldn't catch us by surprise or it shouldn't throw us off because the light has shone. Jesus came, the light has shone, and the darkness will not win. You know, the idea of darkness isn't just out there. It's not just this big bad world outside because the Bible continues to press that the darkness out there is actually because of darkness inside our own hearts. It's in every human being who is born into the world with a heart that rejects God. Uh, it's, it's our own inner desire to ignore Him and choose to live our own way. But again, this is the good news. The glorious, wonderful joy of Christmas is that even in that darkened moments of our hearts, even in our hearts that don't want anything to do with God, Christmas shows us that Jesus comes so that we can finally see. It's good news because he doesn't wait for us to get it all together. Uh, I used to be an optometrist once upon a time, and I would test people who were wanting to go for certain professions. Uh, so they had to have a standard of, of vision. So some people will try to memorize the chart so that they can pass the test. Well, unfortunately, things have moved along, and I've got a little button on my screen that just presses random, and random letters come up. Um, but that's what some of us feel like we need to do. But Christmas shows us that we don't need to do that. You don't need to memorize the test to pass your way in. We don't need to clean ourselves up because he comes to us as we are. Jesus comes to us just as we are in the mess of our lives, in the very moment that we are lost and dark. And so that is good news. You don't need to save yourself. So no matter how bad it looks outside in the world or inside in your soul, no matter how bad or sinful or unworthy you feel, no matter how anxious, lonely or joyless you might feel this Christmas, no matter how far God might seem to be, Christmas shows us that Jesus is near and he has come for you.
The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness will not win. The second thing Christmas shows us is that we get grace. We get grace. Uh, some of you will probably be familiar with the Christmas song, Santa Claus is Coming to Town. I found out that this song is actually from 1934, and it's been covered more than hundreds of times by famous, famous people, including Mariah Carey. Um, but you'll know, know the verse, maybe you'll know it. He's making a list, he's checking it twice. He's going to find out who's naughty or nice. Yes, Santa Claus, he's coming to town. Uh, this is where it gets a little bit creepy. He sees when you've been sleeping. That's a bit odd. Um, he knows when you're awake. Oh, that's even more creepy. Um, he knows when you've been bad or good, so be good for goodness sake. It's a, a fun little song. Um, it seems pretty harmless, although, yeah, Santa seems a little bit, bit stalkerish. Um, but as with all good art, <laughs> if we can call it good art, I mean, it has lasted almost 100 years, um, something in this song resonates with the human condition, or human experience. I mean, it's relatable because, by and large, we view the world through this lens, uh, this naughty or nice list lens, because uh, we all live that way, uh, unspoken or, or, or knowingly. We all have this idea of bad and good, and, and in our life, it's our job to earn enough points to cash in on the nice list or to climb the ladder so that we can say we've finally made it or to get enough runs on the scoreboard. The, the trouble is what, what we define as, as naughty or nice, that's different for every person. Uh, that might be influenced by your culture, your religion, your family, or, or even social media. Um, but even though our definitions are different, we all have this sense of naughty and nice. And however you define it, it's up to you to perform and to, to hit your KPIs, key performance indicators, if you my, my wife was like, what is a KPI? It's like, key performance indicator in the business world. But basically, you have to work towards self-improvement and personal growth. Um, and whether you're on the nice list or the naughty list, ultimately that rests on you. You have to save yourself. Uh, maybe a few people are able to live up to this challenge. Hats off to you. Uh, but for most of us, this is a soul-crushing, joy-stealing burden. Because if we're really honest with ourselves, we, we never really meet up. I mean, don't, don't even think about social media standards. We don't live up to those social media, the filtered social media standards. But none of us really live up to our own standards even. I mean, let, let me share my own. Like, I, I, I should be a far more patient father, a far more present husband a, a, a better son to my parents, a better student. I should be a better Christian. I should pray more and read my Bible more. All of these internal standards that I have, I don't even meet myself. So living to get on the nice list, it's actually a horrible way to live. But Christmas, Christmas gives us a better way uh, an anchor for joy, because in Christmas we see that we get grace. 
Because Jesus comes to save us. Jesus comes to give us grace. Verse 16, we read, For from his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. That's what Jesus came to do. He comes for the naughty and for the nice. What does that mean and how does he do it? Well, Christmas is just the beginning. Jesus is born into the world. He comes down to meet us where we are. But he doesn't just come down to meet with us. He comes to swap places with us. You see, if if God had a nice list, nice and naughty list, Jesus would be the only one who is on it, only his name. The rest of us are all on the naughty list. We don't make the cut. But what Jesus does is he takes our place on that naughty list. He dies on the cross, rises again so that we might take his place on the night.
nice list. That's grace. It's not just forgiveness. It's not just him coming to give us a clean slate uh, so that we get another go at being on the nice list and then we have to try hard again and try to impress him. It's so much better than that. It's switching places so that Jesus takes all the consequences of our failures, our sin, and return. in return, we get everything that only Jesus deserves. And in that, our relationship with God is restored and all the pressure is taken off for us to live trying to hit KPIs. No more striving to save ourselves because Jesus has done it all. Amazing news. Great news of joy. The third thing that Christmas shows us is that Christmas shows us that we get to be with God forever. We can be with God forever. All of this, the the light shining in the darkness, the grace that we get through Jesus, it's so that God can be with us forever. I don't know if you watch Christmas movies around this time of year, but there's always this Christmas movie where it's all about like the meaning of Christmas, right? Uh, In it, there's usually some dad who's like a a good businessman and he's just so caught up in his life and he's providing everything for his kids, but the kids miss dad. And so at the end of the story, it pretty much ends and, and the dad has this realization, actually, the best thing I can do at Christmas is just be present with my kids. And so in a similar way, Christmas shows us that God isn't here to give us things. He's here to give us himself, to be with us. John 1, 1, 14, we've read and heard today already. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. That's astounding when you think about it, that God, the God who made everything, the God who holds everything in his hands, the God who has no need of us at all, chooses to humble himself, lower himself, and make a dwelling with us. And this is exactly why Christmas is full of joy. The greatest reason that we can have joy at Christmas is that God chooses to be with us. He gives us himself. We have so much reason to be joyful at Christmas. Three anchors we've looked at this morning, three anchors for endless joy. The darkness will not win. We get grace and we can be with God forever. But how are we to respond? As with any gift that you might be given, if you don't take it, if you don't open it, it's not yours. And in the same way, we must respond to this good news of Jesus and this good news of Christmas. So the first response that we should have is to believe in Jesus. Believe in him. All of the Gospel of John is written that people might believe. It's written to show us who Jesus is and it's written that we might see him and believe in him. Now I want you to remember in the passage you might have noticed that um, we talked about how the world didn't receive him, the world didn't want him. And yet in that very same passage, it talks about the reality that there are people who will believe and receive. Verse 12 says, Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believe in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. 
And so there are people, there will be people who will believe in Jesus. And when they believe in him, when they receive him, they get to become the children of God. He takes us into his family. Or maybe you're here today and you've never received Jesus or believed in Jesus before. Um, I want to encourage you. Today can be the day that you trust in him. Today can be the day that you believe in him. And don't just do that quietly on your own. I mean, you can do that quietly on your own, but let the person who brought you know. Well, let somebody know that that's happened because we want to celebrate that with you. Well, maybe you're here today and you're a skeptic and you don't really want to be here. Um, someone's just dragged you along. I hope it hasn't been painful for you. Um, but let me encourage you to, to be a little bit open-minded. I know you're, you're, you're thinking, yeah, it's Melbourne, it's 2022. We don't really do Christmas, uh, that stuff. You know, we, we celebrate and get excited, but, but you know, virgin birth, uh, God becoming flesh, uh, you know, scientific mind, we don't do miracles. I get you, I get that. Um, but I want to encourage you to be open-minded. Because whether you're, whether you're an atheist or agnostic or religious or irreligious, Christian or not, all of us, at some degree, we do believe in miracles. Because we all believe that everything, all of this, all of existence, came out of nothing. That's a miracle. Just the fact that this is here is a miracle. And so with that in mind, I, I just want to ask that you be open-minded and, and explore Jesus. Maybe you're not ready to believe today, but, but don't brush him off without exploring and looking into him. Uh, read his stories. Read his biographies in the Bible, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Uh, read the story of his life. And, and if that's not enough for you, look outside the Bible at the historical evidence for Jesus. And I'm convinced as you, you do that, you're going to discover, uh, you're going to discover as many of us have, that Jesus is the light of the world. And that he has come for you and that there is hope, joy and peace in him. Now, maybe you've been here and you already believe in Jesus and you've believed in him for many years. That's wonderful. Now, this Christmas, let's remember again the joy that it is. Let us put our trust in him again. And let us put our hope in him and experience the great joy of his salvation. Second thing for us to respond with is to be a witness. Uh, there was a character called John that was introduced in our passage, and two times it says that he was a witness to Jesus. He wasn't the light, but he came and he, he lived in a way that he pointed others to the true light. And so the encouragement for us is the same. We should be witnesses of the true light. We should be witnesses of Jesus. Uh, for some of us, that's going to mean that we leave our homes and go out just as Jesus left his throne and came to the world. And that, that, the, excite, like the exciting thing about this church is that's, that's our heartbeat, that the world might know the joy of Christ. And so I want to encourage you today to consider that, whether you could be a witness for Jesus somewhere that's not your home. But then for the majority of us, we're going to stay home. And so be a witness wherever Jesus has planted and placed you, to your neighborhood, to your school, to your friends. Be a witness and help others to see 
who Jesus is. And finally, our last response, celebrate, celebrate. A few years ago, I read an article around Christmas time. It was written by an Anglican minister, and uh, he said this, often Christians continue to talk about the true meaning of Christmas. It's a good thing. But in so doing, they downplay the celebratory elements of Christmas. There's an incongruence there. That shouldn't be the case. Christians of all people should be the most joyful because we have the most precious reasons to be filled with joy. So this Christmas, celebrate. Celebrate, rejoice, eat, put up Christmas lights, spend time with your family, give gifts generously, welcome people into your home. Turn every tradition that you have into a means of praise and thanksgiving for Jesus. Let Jesus be the motivation behind your celebrations this year. Let Jesus be the satisfaction behind your eating and your merriment. Let Jesus be the inspiration for your generosity in giving gifts because God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Let your giving be saturated with his kind of love. Let the joy of being welcomed into God's family spill out into the joy of spending time with your family and your friends and let it fill you with compassion to look out for those who don't have family or friends close by. Because of all that Jesus has done, let us celebrate. Christmas is news of great joy. It's news of endless joy. Because it shows us darkness cannot win, will not win. We get grace. We get to be with God forever. And so let's believe. Let's be witnesses. And let's have a great time celebrating. Well, why don't we pray as we wrap up here. God, I thank you so much for what you've done in Christmas Thank you for this time of year. I pray, God, that just as your son came to meet us where we are today, you would meet us where we are at, Lord. Help this to land wherever it needs to land for each person. Open our eyes to see Jesus, we pray. And let that fill us with an endless joy. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.